Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Man, employer branding is a very hot topic. And today we're here to challenge conventional wisdom and say that people pitch their company themselves wrong. All wrong. Oh, yeah. We're going for it. They pitch what the company does and the perks they offer rather than the problems that they're solving first. Spoiler alert, guys. Talented people want to solve challenging problems. Today's quote, a problem is a chance for you to do your best. Any idea who said that? I remember you sent it to me, but no, it wasn't recognizable. It's Duke Ellington. Who's Duke Ellington? He was a, God, I think he died in the 70s. He was an old-time jazz composer. Musicians are problem solvers, for sure. absolutely. I liked him better than Lawrence Welk. (laughs) I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Ryan Folan. Ryan is the managing partner of Influence Tree. And as a global keynote speaker and managing partner of the Influence Tree, Ryan helps executives harness the power of vulnerability and authenticity to build better, more relatable, more personable brands. Yes, sir. All that. Then I'm, some. I know. Rebel. The rebel was here. <laughs> Ryan's also the uh, inventor of the 313 method, which we're going to talk about today. A discovery process that helps you communicate ideas into three sentences, which is condensed into one sentence and then ultimately boiled down to three words. We found out when I was in your show that I'm the Sherpa of hiring. Yes. So there we go. Ryan, <laughs> welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks. Good to be here. Ah, great to have you. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to cover why positioning of your messaging does not attract people to your company. And then we're going to share our methods for engaging talent to be drawn to your company using your 313 method. I got turned on to this a few weeks ago, and it's a different opener, and I loved it, and I've been using it. Yeah, you've actually used it though, right? Yeah, I have used it. Okay. It's not about what I do. It's about the problem I solve. That's right, because I don't care what you do, Rick. (laughs) And that starts us out with the problem, right? No one cares what you do or who you are. Yeah. And it's a harsh reality to face, but once you face it and can get past the harshness, we can look to the other side of it. Why is it that you really invest your time into people, places, and things? It's because they solve certain problems. Sure. So if we if we don't take this as a pejorative, it's not something that's a negative. It's just an actual reality. And if you think about it, there are, what, like 18 million people in California or something like that. There's 300 million people in the U.S., and there's billions of people out there. We just don't physically have enough time to care about everyone. No. Now, I want to grant. And we're hit by so much information on a daily basis, too. Yeah. Now, sometimes people will sort of jump out in when they hear the beginning of this conversation. They'll say, well, you should you should be good and you should you should do good things and you should care about everybody. It says here you should do good and be kind all the time. Right. So there's this like human instinct to want to care about other people. And I'm not denying that. I think we should all be more tolerant. I think we should all be more respectful. But when it comes to the principle of the conversation we're having today, nobody cares what you do. They care about the problem that you solve. So if we just, do you agree with that or not? I agree with it, but I also agree with they care a lot about themselves more than anything else. And so if you can get them talking about themselves first, then guess what? But but let's think about this. If If they, if you agree that they care about themselves, 
then it lends itself to really understand that the reason why they would care about you and what you do is if it helps them out. Absolutely. So it is that people don't care what you do. It's that they care about the problems that you solve for them. For them or somebody like them. Yeah, right? somebody, if they have a yeah. family friend, of, you know, you've either seen products, you've seen services, and you're like, oh my gosh, this would totally help my friend out. I'm still interested because it's going to help that person out. And therefore, my friends, when I help them solve their problem, it's less of a problem for me. So your goal is to promote a core problem that you solve that hopefully they can resonate with. Well, let's talk about a couple of things, specifically activation energy when it comes to conversations. All right. Activation energy. What is that? It is the, the physics behind the amount of force that it takes for me to push my water bottle from here and then it gets going and it sort of falls on its own. Okay. Look at where you have physics lessons. And yes. Everything. So when you look at whether it's a project that you're taking on or a new task that you're learning, there's always an activation energy. In fact, the other day we wanted to go out into the wilderness and there's this huge activation energy. We got to get up. We got to get our boots on. We got to go drive an hour to find a mountain range that we can then chase down a waterfall. But when we got to the waterfall, the activation energy was super far from our mind. We were just excited to be in nature. So that same thing happens in conversations, in first impressions, and there's a very short amount of time to get people interested in what you have to say. Then your ability to deliver it can be a number of different tactics. But the core, the idea here is that you have a very small amount of time to make an impactful impression. And if you focus on the problems that are being solved, you have a better chance of getting people's attention initially. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and if you happen to hit upon one of the problems that that person has, they're going to lean in, right? right. They're going to be interested. They're going to want to learn. The psychology behind it has always been fascinating to me. I did a lot of reading up on the reptilian brain, which yes. is basically in charge of our survival. Fair. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so... It does fight or flight, it's sexual behaviors, it's anger, and then fear. And that's where fear resides, is in the reptilian brain, right? So You know what it's not? What is it not? Your reptilian brain, your mammalian brain, your croc brain does not do math. It doesn't do higher end function. If you talk to me about numbers, it actually is a threat to my croc brain. Sure. So the idea is that we often think that people are rational people that they want to hear the numbers. Let's get to the basics. Let's cut to the chase. But if the chase has to do with anything that is done in the, in the prefrontal cortex, you can't start with that. Exactly. What's important to me is not important to you. What's important is safety that you either, that you, that you survive. (laughs) That that is all that your croc brain is really trying to focus on. And stress can be a threat to your, uh, to your environment. So even just the small pleasantries, very small example is that I always start an email with some sort of pleasantry. How are you checking in? How is your day? You'll never see an email that just comes firing across. No, without, what's up? Well, that could work. It could totally work, right? But the idea here is that if you if you diffuse people and you sort of get onto a common ground, you're just getting past that crock brain. In my first TEDx talk, I talk about how to not get chased by a bear. And we see and hear and perceive situations in our life that our body reacts to like it's a bear. It could be an email. It sure. could be a phone call. It could be a, an unregistered phone call. And so you have to learn how to put people into a situation where they're comfortable before they can start to think. And I think the words that come out of our mouths a lot of time to switch people's brains on and off. If you're not plugging in something that's interesting to them or solves a problem for them, it's like flipping the light switch off. I'm a big believer in the more words that come out of my mouth when you and I are talking, the less you're going to trust me. The more words that come out of your mouth while you and I are talking, the more you're going to trust me. Yes. Because I'm listening. Yeah, there's research behind it too. There's actually a correlation between the amount of time that you talk and how well 
connected that person feels to the person they're talking to. So whoever ends up talking more typically will feel more positive about the relationship. And that's why it's always great to get people to talk. If you're just joining us on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And our guest today is Ryan Folan. He's the managing partner of Influence Tree. And we're talking about the psychology behind problem solving one. And now we're going to delve into your 313 process because I, I got educated on this on the air Made a fool out of myself. I had a great time. I got burnt a bunch. Burnt. Yeah, you're really good at that burnt. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. And then let's link that to the hiring process because that's something that if I'm talking to a candidate is highly valuable Yeah. in, um, in getting them attracted to your company. So let's do it. The, the 313 method Break is, that a, down. is a, think of it as like a tuning fork for what you say. Okay. Right. Just how you have a tuner for, I saw a guitar here, ukulele. You can tune that instrument, right? Well, the same thing. The 313 is like a tuner or it's a way to calibrate what it is that you say. And by doing that, we're focusing on the three main things you need to get across, what people care about, the problem that you solve, what your solution is, and who it's for. And if you don't have any one of those elements in your communication, you're missing it. So your first three sentences are the problem, solution, and who it's for. Yeah, the problem you solve. So it's one sentence for each. Right. And it's, it's, that's the three part. Okay. And then I can show you how to condense those down into one sentence. And then I can even show you how to morph it into three words, which actually isn't three words. In its purest form, it's two words in relationship to other people. So the idea is that if you can come to terms with the fact that nobody cares what you do, but in fact, they care about the problem that you solve then it would make sense to explain the problem that you solve without telling people what you do. I'm the CEO of the company. I'm talking to you. I'm going to talk to you about the problems that we solve first that are going to be in around our customer base or the problems I'm solving for you specifically. So let's look back to maybe a few stages of how people get to that spot. Right. When you're looking at job advertisements, I think that a lot of companies are missing the ball by not focusing enough on the problem that's being solved. So that's, you're going to lose people's you know, interest. They talk about perks. And right. I'm not as interested in that as I am we really. We ping pong table. When, when you look at influence, there's 11 different ways to influence people. And influencing people at its core is getting people to change the way they think about things and getting them to take action. Those are the two combined. So in order to get people to think differently and to take action, there's a different variety of ways to do it. And one of them that is effective in this is sort of aspirational to where it's like you're not just convincing people to sit in a desk and do a job. You're not just convincing people to exchange money for their time, but you're you're exchanging their time for a higher aspirational goal, which could be tied into the problem that you're solving. An, ex- an example of this, um, I just talked with Mark Smith, who is a co-founder of a company called Symbiot. Uh, they just raised $20 million. They've got in their, in their series B, they've, they went from two or three employees to 67 employees. And we were talking about this. He's basically building a blockchain system for financial markets. And we could spend 30 minutes and I can explain it to you and you could still be confused. But he was talking about how his hires, his messaging is to say, this is the main problem that we're solving in the financial industry. Do you see it's a problem? Yes. Are you excited about using your technological or your engineering skills to solve it? Yes, I'm in. His whole, pitch is, his whole pitch to gathering these experts is to pitch them on the problem that's being solved. And if you think about it, you can pass by most of the technical stuff and just get right to the root of it. So by pitching the problem that you solve, you're using aspirational influence to get people interested. Now, if they walk in the door and then now they're looking at you as a CEO, there's a whole new set of dynamics, right? You've got to still get past the crock brain again. 
In that situation, I think it would be important to identify the problems that the candidate solves. Cut to that chase and see if you can match them with the problems that are being solved in the company. Almost think of it like a, a problem match. Sure. Then there's another core set of problems that most candidates have, which would be the problems they have with their current role or their what I call their career wounds or the issues they have in their current company that you can potentially solve for them by them joining your company. Right. So we got we got problems for yeah, days here. There's right? all kinds of problems. So you have to identify and distinguish the problems. So there is the problem that the company's solving. There's the problem that the employee might have, their, their wounds of their past company, and it's the problems that that individual can solve. So if you really look at it, think of it like a filtered lens, like a problem lens. If you can find a problem that you solve that will help a company solve their problem, and as a result, it helps to solve your problems in employment. Problem. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's solving problems. And then also you're going to get greater emotional commitment from those employees when they're doing things that are bettering them as well as they're engaged in, in the problem that you're solving. Yes. And one thing I'd like to point out is that if we're talking about <laughs> higher level employees of like managers, middle managers, that's exactly where we're on point with this. But imagine for the person who's going to be a receptionist or imagine for the person who's going to be answering inbound or making outbound lead calls. Sometimes the way that those are positioned, they're not very sexy or they're completely oversold, right? And so if you look at positioning a customer service agent more so about how they're solving real customer problems as a function, you can get more candidates, you can get more talented people into these positions because they're not just seeing themselves as answering phones, they're seeing themselves as solving real problems. Solving problems for the customers, but is that necessarily solving problems for themselves? It's our job as hiring authorities to make sure that we connect the dots on those. Right. To make sure that we figure out what it is that that person wants and make sure that we convey that to them. Sure. There's going to be a basics of the problems that, that they have to solve for themselves, yeah, right? Sure. It's almost like a problem trifecta. You have the problem yeah. that the company's solving, the problem that you solve, and then the problems that are mutually solved with each other. So using the 313 is a really, lot of problems here. I know, but isn't that a great problem to solve? <laughs> with the 313, it helps, it helps you to put, put yourself into a box. Because if you can't state the single biggest problem that you're solving in a sentence, then you're going to have a hard time communicating that because you're going to want to explain there's multiple problems and you'll start tripping over yourself. If you can't define your solution in a very simple sentence, then you're getting too into the weeds. All right. So I'm going to challenge you, but let's do a 313 for your company. Okay. So let's talk about, so let's give somebody an example of what a good 313 would be. Okay. And I'm going to make this up on the spot here. Really? You don't have it rehearsed? I would rehearse it. You know, the thing about the 313 is that you, it's, it's a methodology to which you can always use it as a barometer or check-in. The one part that I was having a tough time was the positioning. The first sentence was kind of tough. Yeah. But all right, go for it. So the biggest problem for executives when growing their reputation is that they typically do the right things in the wrong order leaving them spending tons of cash and not getting any traction. Okay. So is that a problem? Yes or no? That's a problem. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how big of a problem was that be? The way that I said it. Probably a seven or an eight. Okay. So what could I have done to make it a little bit bloodier? If it was a more relevant problem to me, then yes. Okay. So for, for executives who don't understand how to position themselves in the marketplace, it makes the job of headhunters an absolute nightmare. Yeah. That's probably a nine or a ten. No. Okay. Okay. Because you just yeah. hit you right, 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 right in the face. Okay. Yeah. So you want to know Uppercut. my solution? Sure. Okay. What's the solution? The solution is a step-by-step -step process that guides executives through the exact things they need to do in the exact order to build 
a professional brand that will gain them recognition and an inbound flow of leads. So there's a solution. But I didn't, I didn't tell you everything, right? It's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. That's a long sentence. It is. Yeah. Well, I could shorten it down and say... Well, so your market would be who? Executives who have more money than time and want to build a personal brand. Was that included in the solution? Or is that something that's separate? Uh, I, you can mention the market throughout. Okay. But the, the target market would be those individuals who are having a hard time gaining traction online, building a digital footprint, particularly those that are here in Los Angeles, those that are maybe looking for new jobs, and you can continue to put filters on it into that spot. So executives are looking to build a brand. Yeah. So for example, this in real life, if somebody said, Ryan, what do you do? I would say, it's not really what I do. That's important. It's a problem that I solve. Then I'd wait and you'd ask and I'd say, well, what problem do you solve, Ryan? Yeah. And then I'd explain the problem. Sure. I'd ask them if they think it's a problem. And then they would say most likely, yes, I wouldn't ask them the one to 10 because we're sort of friends here, but I could tell if it resonates and I could ask them if they have that issue. And then if they say, yes, I could ask them if they're looking to solve that problem anytime soon. And if they say, yes, I can say, I can help you out without telling them what I do. Okay. So let's position this as you're a company CEO and you're trying to hire. Okay. So tell me about what your company does, Ryan. Real quick backstory on this. Am I trying to fill a certain position? I need to know somewhat what the problem is that I'm trying to solve. Sure. You're looking for a recruiter. I'm looking for a recruiter. To build your company. Okay. Yep. Okay. (laughs) We're going to stretch. Yeah, no, that's fine. (laughs) So I could tell you all day about what I do, but it's not as important because what I do is being held back by the fact that I'm missing a key partner in my business. And what would that key partner be? Somebody who can solve the problem of building the right team to join us. I know a guy. (laughs) Okay. See, I mean, perfect formula. You don't have to, it's not like a mechanical bull where you're like saying everything in a certain line. It gives you the, the ability and the strength to sort of set these foundations. This is the problem that's being solved. Well, what I like you're doing here is you're leading me down a path. Yes. And which is every good conversation should be leading somebody down a path. Yeah. You know, it's called conversation design. Have you ever thought about creating a chatbot? No, I haven't. Think about it. Go through the efforts because what you're doing is you're essentially going to create conversation design. If you had somebody that you could talk to, but you weren't really sure what they were going to say, how many different ways could you spin that conversation so you could look to control it? And if you think about it, it's not controlling in a bad way. It's leading them into the things that would be most interesting for them. Or gaining you the desired outcome that you need in order for it to be an efficient phone call or conversation. Not to waste your time, not to waste their time. Absolutely. Our methodology and when we talk to people on the phone is very designed and lay it out like that. Now, in your design, at what point do you bring up the problem? I position it differently. I, I usually will get them to talk about their problems first. Okay. So I mentioned a career wound. My, my goal is I know that in the first 15 to 30 seconds, I can lose them very quickly. If I get somebody talking about themselves, they continue on. So everybody's really busy and nobody really wants to talk to me. But once I get them talking about themselves, then I got a half hour conversation if I choose to take it. Right. You're getting past a crock brain. You're getting comfortable with them and things like that. Yeah. So there's still a way to incorporate the the concept of the 313 as long as you look at the core. It's, It's how are you incorporating the problem? How are you incorporating your solution to a way that you're not unloading your solution on someone, that there's a little mystique behind it. The what you do, not how you do it. Where I think you use this most effectively is in a networking situation or when you're out meeting people. Yes, but it also can be a a compass course for the content that you create, for uh, podcast episodes, for whatever it is. I always look and I say, is what I'm doing, is is there a piece of this I can stitch back to the problem that I'm solving? Is there a, a stitch to this where I can 
leverage some of my expertise to communicate my solution within it? And is there a way that I can communicate to those who are listening or who are reading um, whether or not they fit within my target market? This is like basic business, but we forget about it because we we get past we our step one or two and we go forward and we're just sort of scraping to bring, you know, clients and money in the door. But if you bring it back, if you cannot articulate the problem that you solve in one sentence, then there's a good chance that you need to really file that down until the spear is very pointy. Okay, so let's file that down to your one sentence. What would the one sentence be? So the one sentence is a combination of those three elements and you can do them in six different varieties, the six different orders. It would be the problem, solution, market, or market solution problem, and you could reverse and switch the things around. So I solve this problem for these people, and here's how I do it. Okay. So if I were to say that, uh, going with my example of, of what I do at Influence Tree, it would be for people who can't seem to build their personal brands. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. I've created a simple step-by-step process. That's the solution. Specifically for executives who are not positioned well and they're looking for a new position. I like it. And, and I then, could spin varieties of that all day long. But the core, yeah. in my mind, is the problem is that people, when it comes to branding, don't know how to do it. They don't have the time for it. There's all kinds of problems. You just have to pick one that you think will resonate the most, given that audience. I, I love this. When you don't know somebody and you can't get them talking, it's a great opener. Yeah. But if you can get them talking and find out what their pain points are, then you can actually target it and it makes it that much easier. Yeah. Is The more information you get from someone, the better you can sure. tailor what you're saying to them. And I just keep going back. If you can communicate the problem that you solve or if you can communicate the problem that your company is solving, you will have a better chance of getting people interested so that then you can deliver the nuts and bolts of information to see if it's the right opportunity. So what would be the breakdown of the three words? So the three words, uh, let's see, based on what we're talking about, there being a time crunch and a money crunch, think of it as the quick pick for your personal brand. Quick pick for your personal brand. That was a lot of reference. Okay. Right? <laughs> I like it. The thing is, I've got the numbers. <laughs> right? So again, it's just enough to sort of tease it out. Or I could be your the, the magic eight ball where you go like this and you see it. For your personal brand. You see, it's these things that people already know. It could be the, what is the glass ball that people look through, which is in Crystal ball? Yeah. I'm the crystal ball for branding. Okay. I like that one better. That's a little sexier than the quick picks. (laughs) (laughs) Scratchers, maybe. Uh, I love my scratchers. Oh, dude, I've never bought a scratcher. I'm going to buy you one. I'm a weirdo. (laughs) All right. So key takeaways. People are attracted to the problems that you solve. Yeah. And the problems that your company is solving and the problems that your position is solving that you're trying to fill. Don't forget about that. I've seen so many job descriptions that just talk about all the stuff stuff you're going to do. Why not incorporate your job is to solve this problem? Your job is to help support the other employees who are solving this problem. Like, otherwise, it's just looking at a bunch of stuff I'm supposed to do. Man, Ryan, we're just about out of time for today's show. Um, I want to thank you for your time investment today and welcome to you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what's the best way for the members of our community to find you? Well, go to your local 7-Eleven and get a, a, a scratch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. RyanFolan.com. Everything starts and stops there. S- spell it out. R-Y-A-N-F-O-L-A-N-D.com. And, and we'll, we'll have a link on the show notes. Yeah, yeah. And if you go to forward slash speaking, it, it speaks about the problems that I solve. And at the very bottom, you can see my radio show and my two podcasts. Yeah, and his podcasts are great. And he can teach you how to not get chased by a bear. Yes. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and our creative director, Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We love your feedback.
Join the Rehire Power Radio community at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, radio.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. I think I have like 200 followers, whereas Ryan has like 2 million. <laughs> <laughs> almost. But the other day I put out a question, what's the biggest challenge with the hiring process? And that tweet almost broke the internet. There are a lot of problems around this hiring process. So very true. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Greg Tursarian, who is the Director of Talent Acquisition for Squeak Green. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Woo. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.